Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Season 5 of Declarations, the Human Rights Podcast. I am so excited to bring you the launch of our new season. My name is Muna Gassim, and I will be your podcast host this year. You may already be familiar with my voice, as I was a human rights panelist on Season 4 of the podcast. This year, I'm looking forward to taking over and to steering the conversation in ways that can be insightful, exciting, and thought-provoking. Last year, we produced a number of wonderful episodes. We examined the dispute in Kashmir, we investigated Raqqa, we looked at immigration and immigration policy, we also analyzed border politics and discussed the narratives that surround that. In the summer, we created a specific series called We Need to Talk that focused on the issues of police brutality and racial injustice. This season, we plan to push those conversations forward. We want to offer you a multifaceted examination of human rights in all of its various manifestations. And the way in which we plan to do so is by interviewing guests from all over the world and all walks of life. We want to interview entrepreneurs, authors, academics, activists on the ground, anyone and everyone who has cutting-edge, innovative content on human rights. We plan to bring that to you. I'm also joined by a wonderful group of panelists, all with diverse opinions and different backgrounds, who will be able to provide you with that extra dose of opinion and expertise to enhance your learning and understanding of the human rights concepts that we talk about on this podcast. I can't wait for you to hear what we have in store. Our next episode that will be coming out will be on Nigeria and in particular on SARS. So please do stay tuned for that. I want to thank everyone who has been listening to our podcast over the years. And to those of you who have just tuned in, welcome. We plan to provide you with weekly human rights content. So please do stay tuned and keep updated on our podcast. So without further ado, let's talk to our panelists. Let's have them introduce themselves and let's discuss what they believe the most pressing issues in human rights are today and what their research interests are. Hi, my name is Nima. I'm a second year studying education policy and international development. I am half Singaporean and half Sri Lankan. And my research interests are mainly to do with education policy and human rights and anything really to do with um, human rights and the politics behind international development. My name is Madeleine. Um, I'm an MPhil student currently studying modern European history and I'm specialising in women and children in socialist states. With regard to human rights, I'm particularly interested in exploring the decline in human rights in former socialist states and the decline in women's rights in those states. Hi everyone, I'm Akshita. I'm a first year student studying English at Cambridge and I'm from Mumbai in India. So naturally, a lot of my human rights interests and research interests stems from human rights in India, how they are protected and how they're abused, especially um, in areas such as intersectional feminism and um, the rights for women and children, as well as religious minorities in India. And again, as a literature student, I'm super excited in the representation of human rights in literature and discourse. Hey, I'm Ashleen. Um, I'm a second year undergraduate and I'm reading Human, Social and Political Science um, at Cambridge. 
Recently, I've been focusing on comparative politics between Europe and Africa and the much more broad topic of global inequalities. You may have heard me on a few episodes over the summer doing the we need to talk topic. I'm very interested in going into environmental politics, especially with the urgency of the global climate crisis looming over us. And I'm particularly concerned by the way in which human rights violations implicate racial injustices, such as the way in which we see the climate crisis has an effect on different parts of the globe. Hey, I'm Eddie. I'm from London. and I'm studying English at Cambridge. I think the main thing I'm interested in, similar to Ashling, is the environmental crisis that we're going through now and the consequences of that for human rights, not just now, but in the future. I think something I'm really going to look forward to looking into is, is the relationship between past case studies and present issues, as well as trying to make some future predictions to see what's going to happen next. I think climate change is going to be at the front of that. I also think cultural studies, forms of cultural oppression, human rights abuses in China will definitely be something that I'm looking into over the next couple of weeks. Great. Thank you so much. Um, so I want to ask you guys, last last season, at the beginning of the season, we discussed it with our panelists and we asked them where you think, you know, human rights is going. And, in, and a lot of the individuals mentioned that they wanted to see human rights being talked about in terms of the li- lived experiences of individuals on the ground and not as sort of like this abstract universal concept. So talking about things like migration and people who are suffering on a day-to-day basis rather than talking about human rights in sort of this academic, broad, universal way. And a lot has happened this year from COVID to, you know, the the police brutality to the Black Lives Matter movement. So much has happened and this year has been unexpected. I'm really curious and I'm interested to see where you think human rights has gone since last year, where, where you think it has moved in a way and what you think the most pressing issue in human rights is right now. I think for me, um, where it is right now is conversations about police brutality. Um, just since the beginning of Corona lockdown, so since March, the, um, the discussions of George Floyd's death in America seems to be the leading story, but also increasingly with SARS in Nigeria, people are discussing that as well. I think that's going to lead to a lot of conversations about how we look at policing going forward um, and how we solve those issues. Uh, around the world. I think police brutality is something that has been since um, summer on the topic of discussion across the world, like Eddie said, not only in the US, but also in the UK, Nigeria, India, Philippines, literally everywhere. But I think the change in conversation that's happening, and that's really interesting, is that while we're looking at individual lived experiences um, regarding police brutality, because obviously the discussion itself is stemming from individual cases that have been brought to the forefront. At the same time, there's an increased focus on the systemic changes that need to take place. And I think that kind of interlinks into this idea about human rights being both an abstract and a very practical concept. Because unless you look at them, so while obviously it's very important to look at them on the ground, unless you also consider them as abstract concepts, um, I don't think you can really start discussing about things like larger systemic changes that are needed. And just just on that point, um, I was shocked, linking it back to police brutality, how little records there were in the United States system of police brutality um, kind of registered cases. However, the one thing that did kind of comfort me a little bit was the amazing response of organisations like the Washington Post to begin to get databases together, places like Wikimedia, 
forensic architecture becoming the kind of de facto documenters of this crisis. And I wonder whether an alternative to the large-scale United Nations-style project um, would be these more bottom-up approaches from journalists, education societies, um, people seeking to document, record and propagate information about these crises, whether that's the more intelligent solution for the future. Personally, I would think that there is a need for there to be a watchdog when it comes to human rights, because formal institutions seem to be almost, maybe I have a pessimistic view, seem to be almost failing at the task and politics in itself is changing. So I think there needs to be a I would like to see a greater discourse and seeing where are we going to get that form of watchdog when institutions and even when, for example, the police are failing to uphold human rights as it is, like who will sort of uphold people's rights in the future? Um, that's a really interesting point that you make, Neiman. I just want to um, interject a little bit and ask you a little bit more about that. So by human rights watchdog, you know, there are human rights watchdogs that currently exist, right? And they can't infringe upon the sovereignty of um, a nation state. So when you say human rights watchdogs, what do you mean? Um, and how do you feel about that relationship between, you know, nations, the relationship between nations, and whether you think there needs to be an overarching body that infringes upon their sort of domestic law or their domestic um, functions and actions? Well, personally, the, even the ideas of borders is a very, um, is a man-made thought-up concept. Uh, so personally, I feel as if though with globalization, uh, for the longest time, these borders had been coming down. So maybe a few months ago or at the start of the year, I would, would have taught, told you that, yes, we need an over like an overarching sort of body. Yes, the United Nations is there, but we need something that is stronger, that kind of almost ensures that every country upholds the same standards. But now with COVID, I almost do hesitate just a little bit because you see countries going on a trajectory where they're getting even more closed up um, within themselves. But that's exactly why I think it's even more important for there to be an overarching framework ensuring that every country upholds to their standards because transparency is becoming increasingly uh, unclear in this day and age. And when, when there's a lack of transparency between nations, then what comes of human rights in itself? So yes, I would agree with uh, that sort of a notion. I think that's a very interesting point you make. And I want to ask, do you think we are that sort of bottom-up approach or do you think we are, you know, a part of the system, given that, you know, we're run out of an organization, um, out of a university. That's that's something that's just interesting to think about. That that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, how far are you ever able to get outside the system? But I think as a, as a podcast, I think we, we try at least to do a good job covering the basis from first case reporting. I know that's something we've talked a lot about already. That's something we want to do a lot on this podcast. We want to do a lot of on the ground reporting um, but also linking that into larger scale journalism, looking at cases in the longer term and then hopefully some analysis as well of the longer term issues. So I hope we play our role documenting some of these untold stories like we did last season. And I hope you balance that with some worthwhile analysis that policymakers, students, people can think about as they go about their university and their life. I think this really brings us back to the kind of previously discussed point regarding the danger of 
potentially over-intellectualizing human rights to the extent that it becomes a kind of abstract entity. And, you know, we are very, very privileged to, to be at Cambridge and to be students here. And there is that danger to sit in an ivory tower and, and intellectualize something that affects people's lives every single day. And I think that's that's something really important to, to touch upon, particularly as a kind of student of modern European history, there's even a lecture topic, is there a historiography of human rights? And it becomes this intellectual debate between academics at, at very high-ranking institutions rather than a real discussion of the extreme violations of human rights that have happened over the 20th century and their legacy into the 21st. Yeah, I think that's that's a fantastic point. You, you can question your agency almost as a panellist on a podcast show. You know, what am I able to achieve? What am I able to do other than facilitate these amazing conversations? Um, I guess the counterpoint to that would maybe be in something like the environmental crisis, um, which is a is a kind of human rights crisis around the world or is, is becoming one, um, where I guess the viewer's own education can really lead to lasting change. And I hope we're, we're speaking to people who are encouraged to take some kind of human rights uh, action, whether that's at the charity level or, or even something greater. But literally things as small as turning off the tap when you brush your teeth, hopefully we have some kind of agency in supporting those kind of behaviours. Um, so all of you have slightly similar interests, but quite diverse interests in many ways. What is the thing that you are most looking forward to delving into this season on a personal level out of your own interests and your own research backgrounds? I'm quite interested in exploring the current kind of events in Poland as someone who does specialize in in women and children in socialist states to see a country in its now post-socialist form going so far uh, beyond and, and regressing so far in terms of, of women's rights. And that's an issue I'm, I'm really interested in exploring because how does a, a country so quickly descend into taking women back decades in, in terms of, of their human rights. I guess when I think about the future of human rights and where we should focus our attention, I'm particularly interested in the way that resources have been used as an element of exploitation of people's rights, um, as well as how human rights can be used to support marginalised voices like the Indigenous communities, those in the global south who are more harshly affected by the global crisis, global climate crisis. And I think that's what's great about human rights. Um, they're a tool that we can use to challenge and stand up against that which we don't consider to be right or fair. So I believe that by looking through the human rights lens, we're offered a really valuable perspective into social movements um, and activist work that's happening today. And that can give us a real interesting insight into anything from migrants seeking asylum, which could be affected by environmental issues or not, and could be political, um, to the end of SARS movement in Nigeria. Um, and I hope like we get to explore this in a lot more detail so that we, we can compose a narrative and find the root cause 
and consider all those factors that perpetuate what's happening in the moment and give the sense of a shared experience, I guess. I think we also need to make a point that we are students at a university. So we almost have the privilege to explore things that others may not be able to. We are not still tied up with the puppet strings so we can take those risks and ask those questions almost maybe because of our innocence or because we dare to do so currently. And I hope that this season we'll be able to explore some of those tough topics. One thing I might be interested in looking at is maybe studying some some successes in human rights over the last hundred years. I think that's maybe a nice counterpoint to a lot of reporting, which can uh, be quite pessimistic when you're looking at these these modern situations that appear to have no end. It can be a really nice uh, change to have a look at how places like South Africa or Ireland have managed their their these segregation issues and it can help inform us on on modern day topics i personally would be quite interested in exploring more of east asia this season just because as china and southeast asia and the asian tigers emerge as a new leader in the global community almost because there's almost a power transcendence occurring and we are feeling the turbulence of that transcendence um I would say it is important for us to almost act as the watchdog in this in in this season and in in these times to kind of call out the important issues. So I will be very much interested in doing that. And personally as a pet topic, I would just be absolutely overjoyed if I could look at um, the role of education in human rights and how important that is in shaping our futures and the future trajectory of it in itself. I think I'm quite interested in talking about like marginalized narratives. Um, I think uh, Ashling already talked about this, about giving a voice to people who are actually affected by a lot of these abstract concepts that we talk about every single day. And I think that while it's nice that you have global movements sparking because of particular incidents, I think there needs to be a more sustained outrage against human rights abuses especially when it comes to a lot of marginalized narratives. So again, especially in India, because there was an amazing episode about Kashmir, the declarations did last season. And I think that really helps, like, obviously people across the world aren't going to know what the history of Kashmir is or what happened in Kashmir and what's happening. And I think I would really love to explore the different historical context and how that's affecting present-day human rights violations in different parts of the world. So whether that's a Uyghur crisis or the issue of Tibet in China, or issues in India or Hong Kong, or anywhere across the world, but just like really contextualizing everything and making it accessible to everyone. I think that's a really interesting point that you uh, raise regarding kind of sustained outrage. And I think that's something that'd be interesting to explore, because I think in the age of social media, people can cling to a simplified version of of a human rights issue for a few days or a week, and then they almost reach kind of human rights fatigue and they can't cope anymore and they feel overwhelmed by the news around them and so they they turn off to it completely and I think it is about kind of nuancing the the narrative and and showing the kind of many faceted nature of some of these issues and ensuring that that leads to a more sustained uh, focus on it because we see this with Australia's response to the Black Lives Matter movement and in many places this was seen as an American 
problem for, for Australians where neglecting the fact that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are far more likely to, for example, die in police custody and to lack educational opportunities. So I think that's a, a, a really interesting point, just that notion of kind of sustained outrage. No, I think I think that's great. And I and I love that idea. And I think we are and we will try to continue that sustained outreach and hopefully inspire others um, to continue working in that in, in the human rights field and continue working on their activism and on activist movements and things like that. Is there any last thoughts that our panelists would like to share regarding this season, regarding, you know, human rights in general or regarding anything that we've done in the past as a podcast? Just one thing that's come up for me over talking is there's some really interesting debates here, I guess, underneath what we're saying along the lines of, do we go more abstract or more specific? Do we look at the the large topics or the more marginalised, untold stories? Are we trying to make things more accessible or, like Madeline said, trying to capture more of the complexity, more of the nuance? Are we trying to do cut and dried journalistic analysis or more open-ended reportage? And we're going to manage that as best we can. But hearing feedback from you guys out of the internet, out over social is absolutely fantastic. Do let us know what you think about the first couple of episodes as they come out. There you have it. That was the first episode of season five of our podcast. A big shout out to our panelists. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you so much to Jay Richardson for doing a wonderful job with our sound editing. This was Declarations. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast streaming service. Thanks so much.